It's an exciting day, especially for those of us who are gathered here. We have family, we have friends, and we're watching them take a step. But taking a step in baptism today, and that's gratifying. For some of us here, we have grandchildren. Uh, the first of the baptismal candidates today will be my own grandson, Isaiah. And we're so excited for that. As a grandfather who's also a pastor, I'll, I'll share something with you. This is one of my great joys, one of the things I look for, forward to. Uh, as a parent, as a grandparent, your greatest desire is to see your children, your grandchildren, know Jesus personally and go on in the faith. And as a pastor, you would love to be there to witness that or even take part in those steps like baptism and so forth, or to have the opportunity to pray with one of them to ask Jesus into their hearts. And following that, I just trust God that a few years from now, not too close, but a few years down the road, that maybe I'll still be upright and able to do it, and they'll invite me to be with them at their wedding. I'm, I'm actually campaigning for that today. I don't think any of them, Isaiah's 11, I don't think any of them are serious about it just yet, but uh, someday, someday, hopefully, uh, Grandpa Pal would still be able to be part of that ceremony. It's an exciting day for many of us. As you see in the picture before you, some of the kids today are just that. They're young. Our youngest candidate is in grade two. Actually, that's a little bit older than I was when I was baptized. Some people say, well, when is the right age? When are they old enough? I say they're old enough when they know Jesus, when they've asked him into their hearts. Because Jesus gives us baptism not as a graduation ceremony. You're not writing your thesis to get your theological doctorate. It's much more akin to baby's first step. He gives us something that's very public, that's very meaningful, that has deep roots in Scripture, but it's something that anyone can do. If they meet Jesus, they can show the world what's happened to them on the inside. Because it's about their faith. They've now put their faith in Christ for the salvation of their very souls. They've trusted that Jesus paid for their sin, past, present, and future, when he died on the cross. As God's son, he was the sinless lamb of God, and he took their sins upon himself. And they believe it. And they want you to know what's on the inside of them. Because that's where baptism comes in. It shows on the outside the inner reality. We've often called baptism an outward sign of an inward reality. When I talk to the young people and try to explain that concept, I said it's like a wedding ring. The wedding ring doesn't make you married, but it tells the world that in your heart, two have become one and you're united in marriage with someone. It's an outward symbol to the world of what's taken place in your heart. And that's what baptism is, among other things, as well. It shows in whom you put your faith. I love that picture there, that little girl leaping into her daddy's arms. Ask yourself, did you have a father that you could do that with? Not all of us did. Some fathers would treat it more like a bullfighter and they'd jump aside and yelled, Ole, as you place, face planted onto the ground. You just couldn't trust them for that. You loved them, but you didn't fully trust them. And others, and I see it especially in young children, they have complete faith in mom and dad. 
They know that they will not do them wrong. And so if dad says, jump into my arms, no matter how high you are, you jump. And yet when we think about that, for some of us, we have a faith, but is it a complete faith? Is it a childlike faith? Would we jump off a diving board into Jesus' arms or are you still that person who doesn't even make it all the way up the ladder? You clutch it tightly because by your own strength of your hands on the ladder, you're hanging on for dear life and you're trusting yourself. You're not trusting the one who calls you to leap into his arms. Well, baptism is a little leap. And some of us, if we're honest, because it's public, it's still scary to us. That step might be bigger for some people than others, and we take that very seriously. So I'm so excited to see this many people today taking that step of faith. My encouragement to you today, wherever you're at in your walk of faith, perhaps you were baptized years ago, but you have, you have topped out. You're not stepping out in faith any more than you already have. When it comes to relationships, work, all areas of our life, we need, as Christ followers, great faith. Are you willing to make the leap today? Well, I want to focus mostly this morning on baptism because the life of faith begins with one step. It's like the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. The journey of faith begins with one step. And in Scripture, as we saw a few weeks ago, that first step is always into water. Isn't that interesting? That the very first thing Christians are expected to do if they've trusted Jesus on the inside is to show the world outwardly what is in our hearts. Because how else do we do it? You only know who a person is on the inside by observing them. Their words. Their actions. Do the actions back up what they say they believe? And baptism is just that. Showing the world what we believe. Oh, if you were the parent that was lucky enough to be there, or an aunt, an uncle, a babysitter, when you see baby's first step. Little Ariella here in the church, she's so cute, but she's still a scooter. She's still scooting along the ground, but it won't be long. You see those little ones, they pull themselves up and they stand along the furniture. They're not technically toddlers yet. They're called cruisers, and they cruise along the edge of furniture, but one day... They launch out and they get those little legs under them and off they go. And maybe you were there for one of your kids' first steps. Spiritually, you're seeing a step like that today. Their people are taking a step of faith. On the very first day of the church's birth, the day of Pentecost, when Jesus sent the comforter, we read in Acts chapter 2, this is the end of Peter's sermon. He's preaching to the same crowd who just, uh, just a, a month and a half before had been shouting for Jesus to be crucified. And now he's telling them that the same Jesus has been raised from the dead to show that he's the Messiah and the Savior of Israel. Peter says in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 36, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Peter said, repent, turn away from yourself and your sin and turn to the forgiveness that God freely offers. Repentance means a U-turn. You turn away from depending on yourself or on others and you turn to Jesus. And what did the people do? It says that day, verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 people believed the good news that Jesus was their Savior, that he'd risen from the grave, and they were saved. Just a baby step. But unless you take that first step, you'll never get anywhere. Martin Luther King Jr., before he was known as the great civil rights leader, he was a Baptist preacher. And Dr. King once said, I'll read the quote for you. Take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Wherever you're at today, take another step. Take that step of faith. Why do we do it in this and other areas? Simply put, our actions reveal who we trust. Like that baby, that young child jumping into daddy's arms. Who do you trust today? In this time of, of COVID, pandemic, job loss, stresses, who are you trusting? Do you trust the Lord? Do you trust God? Do you put your trust in your own resources and strength? Perhaps in your finances, perhaps in money. Perhaps you can be one of those people who say, I believe in science. And you've made mankind search for truth. You're, you're God. Or maybe it's something completely different. Your actions and the attitudes behind them will reveal who you really trust. Only twice in Scripture did Jesus single out enormous faith in somebody. Interestingly, they were both Gentile people. One was a widow whose child was troubled by an evil spirit. She was a Canaanite woman. And Jesus rebuffed her at first, saying, I came for the, for the children of Israel. But she wouldn't give up. And he commended her faith and healed her child. Another, of course, was also a, a Gentile. Much more, he was an enemy of the people. He was a Roman centurion. And look at the faith he exhibited, stepping out, going to a Jewish rabbi. It says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord... I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. The centurion showed it by his words, his attitude, and his actions that Jesus could just say the word and heal his paralyzed servant. And he did, just as he healed the child because of the great faith of the mother. Are you showing faith by 
trusting God in prayer and going to Him first and foremost. We don't deny medicine, the importance of it, especially in a time like this. But we know that God is the great physician. All our doctors can do is partner with God as He gives them wisdom and direction. But all healing, physical, emotional, spiritual, comes from our great physician. Do you trust God with your finances? Now, when you watch a televangelist, it seems that's all they are concerned about, finances. And then a little bit of it comes to them. But the reality is, are you trusting God? Or do you trust the dollar sign, what it can provide? Jesus saw enormous faith in action one day at the temple as people were dropping their offerings in. The rich people were putting enormous amounts in. But you know the story. The widow came and she had two little copper coins, the smallest amount that you could give. Luke 21 says, As he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Who was she trusting? Who was going to provide for her? She was in the temple, so we know she was putting her trust in God. Amazing faith. People will see your actions and know who you really trust. You can go to church every day of the week. But if the life you live tells a different story, we know what's really on the inside. And so does God. And finally, friends, people need to see your faith. We're all a work in progress. We're all growing, making mistakes, learning from them by God's grace, becoming more like Jesus every day. And people need to see Him at work. You know, some people around you, friends, family, people who cross your path on a regular basis, they will never crack open a Bible to learn about Jesus and how much He loves them. But they can still see Him in you. His love, His forgiveness, His forbearance, His holiness. Jesus, the Lamb of God. He wants to live through us. And as we act in faith, people are able to see it. Just recently, we've been talking about faith and service. and We touched on James chapter 2. James puts it so clearly. In verse 18, he says, But someone will say, You have faith. I have deeds. And James writes, Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. And that's what God wants from us. Not just to talk a good talk, but to show our faith and how we treat others and how we love. Jesus says, it's like shining a light in a dark world. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says you shine like a lamp, like a city on the hill when you live a life of faith, letting God love the world through you. Jesus says in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, 
Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Long before Billy Graham was noted as an evangelist and a special friend, almost like a chaplain to American presidents, that position was served largely by Quaker theologian and author Elton Trueblood. I finish today with a quote from Elton Trueblood. He wrote, Faith is not belief without proof, but trust without reservation. Who do you trust today? Can we see it by your attitudes and actions? In whom do you trust? In just a few moments, I'll be up in the baptismal tank with the uh, candidates. But before we do, I'll call the worship team back up to the platform to lead us in a familiar old hymn. And as they're coming up, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for, Lord, the opportunity to, to witness the faith of others. And Lord, we know what's in their hearts because of their actions. We thank you for their obedience in taking this step of faith in the water of baptism. Lord, it will bless us to see it and it will bless them as well. So Lord, we uh, commit them into your keeping. Lord, uh, we just thank you for your word. Imprint it upon our hearts. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Friends, uh, we'd just like to uh, share with you briefly what baptism is a symbol of. We know it's symbolic. It's a Jewish ritual originally. And they saw in baptism, in the baptismal waters, some beautiful pictures. It's like new birth. You come into the people of God. As Jesus said, you must be born again. In baptism, as the child is born through the water and the blood, in baptism, these individuals come up to reveal to you and to symbolize that they're dead to sin and alive to Christ. They're part of the very family of God and they seek to walk with Him. It's also a symbol of washing. What will wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And they believe that. And in baptism, you see them, they're washed clean. Their sins are washed away. But finally, as they go, as the word baptize, which means to immerse, they go into the water, they're dead to sin. It symbolizes that through faith in Christ, our sin no longer has mastery over us. We've died to that life. And as they come from the water, just as Jesus rose on Easter morning, They've risen to new life to follow Jesus. That's what the Apostle Paul writes about in Romans chapter 6. This is what he says. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning, living that old life? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we've been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. 
And through baptism today, these candidates reveal that they've trusted Jesus and they're going to live a new life. Our first candidate this morning is Isaiah Powell. I'll invite Isaiah to join me down here in the water. Isaiah, the first of our grandchildren, we're so excited for this day. And so Isaiah, as I've heard your testimony already, I would like to ask you once again in front of this group, have you trusted Jesus to be your Savior? Have you asked him into your heart? Yes. All right, Isaiah. Upon the profession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. <laughs> We have the Reinhardt kids. Come on down, Noah and Avery. You'll find the waters delightfully warm, and we have Ken King to thank for that. And it's wonderfully chlorinated. We have Marvin Frank to thank for that. There you go. There's a little plank here. Good job. All right. First with us today is Noah. He has the sweetest little testimony. There's, there's the family. He has the sweetest little testimony. Uh, and the reason he looks forward to going to heaven one day to be with Jesus and the animals is, you know, the loss of a pet got the children thinking about death and eternity. And it's wonderful to see that reflected there. So Noah, I'll ask you the same question I asked Isaiah. Have you asked Jesus into your heart? Do you trust him as your savior? Wonderful. On the profession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. A little further. Good job. <laughs> there you go, buddy. You can take those with you. Okay, big sister. Your turn. There you go. Wonderful. We're excited that Noah was able to take that step because, you know, being in the water is a little bit hard for him, but he did it wonderfully. Avery, have you put your faith in Jesus as your Savior? Do you know that he lives in your heart today? Yes. Wonderful. Avery, upon the profession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now we have a person who's familiar with all of us. This is Jonathan's wife, Kara. And uh, Kara has a wonderful testimony that she shares as well as Jesus is, uh, is precious to her and uh, the journey that she's on in her faith. And uh, we just are so excited to be able to share this public testimony with her today. And so Kara, as I've asked the young ones, have you asked Jesus to be your savior? Have you trusted him alone to, as your savior? Yes. Wonderful. Kara, upon the profession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Carla Collins, and Carla has a wonderful testimony, too, of God's faithfulness. Uh, you know, a number, including little Avery, have lost uh, dear friends, people who were precious to them, 
And we often know in those dark times, those storms of life, that the light shines brighter. And uh, Carla is trusting Jesus to not only in this step of faith today, but she wants to continue to grow as his child and his daughter in her faith. So Carla, it's my privilege to ask you today, have you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? As he live in your heart today? Yes. Wonderful. Upon the profession of your faith, it's my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Another person well familiar to us, uh, Clayton, uh, has grown up with Trochu Baptist as his church family. And one of the precious things to us is we see the children mature and grow. And Clayton, as a young adult, he has wanted to make this public profession, uh, make it very clear that Jesus is his Lord. Clayton, as I ask you that question, have you trusted Christ alone as your Savior? Yes. Clayton, upon the profession of your faith, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. At this time, Pastor Dave will uh, join me in the tank as he uh, baptized those who are part of the youth group today. Excited to have Gabe here to be baptized, and I've had the privilege of watching him grow in his faith over the years and continue to follow Jesus. So, Gabe, I'm going to ask you a question, as others have been asked. Have you confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and is your desire to live for him? Yes. I'm going to upon your confession of faith, faith, baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Brianna, and I'm so proud to baptize her today. I want you to know that I'm so proud of you for taking this step of faith today. And I'm going to ask you a simple question. Have you confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Then I'll to confess in your faith and baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I think that's everyone in Sauce, the worship team, to join us on the stage. <laughs> 